Hello, podcast editors and post-production experts. It's 2022, and I'm Carrie, in case you didn't know, and I wanted to give you a little update about a few of the changes that we're making for the show in the new year, and that's going to affect some of you, but in a good way. So be cool, because this is going to allow us to keep producing content and keep uh, digging into the business of podcast editing. Firstly, we want to know what you want. So if you have an idea or a suggestion or any feedback, send us a message from our Facebook page, Podcast Editors Mastermind, or email um yeah at podcasteditorsmastermind.com. We would love to hear your feedback and help you with all your podcast editing business needs. The next thing, we used to ask for editing in exchange for using us as a reference, putting us in your portfolio. However, what we have found is that we gave Daniel a like part-time job managing that aspect of the show. And uh, so we are going to change that. We have hired a podcast editor. Shout out to Alejandro Ramirez. See the show notes on how you can get in touch with him if you're looking for an excellent editor to add to your team. However, you still have to share them with us and with me, Carrie, personally. So instead of doing that, what we are going to do now is make a sample episode that's not as long and will help you create an easy before and after example to put in your portfolio. And we will make that available to everybody on the website and uh, by request if you ask us. So see, easy solution. And then I don't have to edit and you can edit less and still get the same results. And then finally, we have changed our recording time to 9.05 Eastern. That's when the podcast will be live streamed from our Facebook page into your eyes. So please come join us for that. We're really going to double down on the live stream thing and get better at it and learn it. So again, any feedback, we'd love to hear it. If there's anything we can do to enhance the experience, please email us, message us, do whatever. Um, Yeah, at podcasteditorsmastermind.com is that email address. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Okay. Entirely too long. I know. I'm Carrie. Let's get to the show right now. Uh, um, so, how much is that? Welcome to the podcast, Editor's Mastermind. Thank you for joining if you're here live and thank you for listening if you're Listening in on the podcast. If you are listening to a recording, we do stream this live every other Thursday for the most part on the Facebook page at uh, Podcast Editors Mastermind. So be sure to follow the page so you can get notified whenever we do have an episode like today. 
Um, and today we have a very special guest. So let's go ahead and go around the world and introduce ourselves. I'm Daniel Abendroth. Uh, you can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. And our surprise guest tonight is... Jennifer Longworth of bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. Great Yay. to have you. Making her glorious return to the show. For this episode. <laughs> For this episode, at least. Yeah, she's never going to want to come back. <laughs> you can tell we haven't upgraded our skills in streaming since you left. So. so today we're asking the bold question, should you even start a business? Do you want a business? Like, What are your goals with podcast editing? Um, and this idea actually came from Carrie. So I'll just throw it over to you to kind of explain the uh, thought behind this topic. So uh, this is something that I have been thinking about a long time because, okay, this isn't going to be an unpopular opinion, but like the word entrepreneur is a total turnoff for me. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. And I never liked being called an entrepreneur. And I, I feel like I am a podcast editor. I'm not a business person. I don't have an MBA. I pay attention to business stuff and I, you know, try to learn whatever. But if I didn't have to, I absolutely would not. <laughs> not at all. So it made me wonder, like, why is this industry specifically just primarily entrepreneurship, right? And I even did an informal poll in Just Buster saying like, like, are you a business? Are you the main stakeholder of your business and you like represent your brand? And the majority of the responses were yes. And white labeling, working for somebody else, like only had together less than 10, you know, people, you know, checking those boxes. I've always been curious, like, why is that? Why are we so fixated on being entrepreneurs and not editors? You know, as I think about that, I definitely see that there's definitely a, it would seem like a push toward owning your own business, finding your own clients. And I think there's a couple things that play into that. One of which being that for many of us, we're kind of a cottage industry. Many of us are self-taught. Many of us have learned on the job. We picked up the skill while doing a show and somebody said, hey, can I pay you to do that for me too? So there's a little bit of that kind of thing going on. Uh, and it's a, it's a scrappy industry. There's, you know, it, it's, um, and I don't mean scrappy like we fight, but I mean like we're constantly innovating. We're constantly going out and working and like there's, there's a bit of that. But then also historically, I don't know that there have been a lot of what I would call big company positions for a person like me. So for example, in my day job, I work for a multi-billion dollar company, like a huge company. I don't know that they have a podcast editor. They have several people that do media globally, but the opportunity for me to have a job for them doing what I do is incredibly low. And also the path to get there is incredibly long because it's not, hey, I can come in and make your audio. It's also, and I, I understand how to do networking and I can do remote global calls and I can hire a local contractor to do our live PA. And I can also do all of your video production, internal and extra. Like there's a whole lot more that goes into that 
than what I do. And I feel like even unless I was to work for an actual media production company, even if I was to go after a large company, I would probably have to go after two or three accounts in order to have that kind of opportunity. So that's that's kind of the perspective I have on it. And I'd also add that podcast editing is still kind of in its infancy as a profession. And like until recently, there weren't really like agency, like podcast companies to where you could just go to work as an editor, as like an employee. Or the ones that were out there were hiring, I don't want to say taking advantage of people, but they were hiring low cost labor so that they could basically produce a commodity. And I, I ran into a couple of those people at PodFest two years ago, where they had a booth and they're like, yeah, what we do is 24-hour turnaround, minimal touch. We pay, I don't know, whatever it was per episode, which is a, like they're charging to their clients less than I charge for what I do, but they're also not doing what I would call professional editing. And I think that there's a little bit of that where if you really want to be in the churn and burn business, I mean, there probably were a couple of roles, but I actually take a tiny bit of pride in what I do as well. And I know that you guys do also. I mean, we talk about it, right? <laughs> like, hey, this thing I did, I wasn't super happy with it, but like, it's part of it. Yeah. So when I got started, like to be um, a contractor, like wasn't really an option. So I think like the only way forward and the kind of mentality still exists a little bit is to stick out on your own, create your own business in order to do this. Okay, so I've done this three different ways, I guess, or four. I have kind of been an employee as a podcast editor when I worked in radio. My radio background as an employee got me into learning to do podcasts. Then I decided I didn't want to work for the radio station anymore because it was dying and losing everything. And I wasn't going to end up working for the radio station anymore. And I realized that, hey, you know what? I can go out and do this on my own. But then I priced myself too low and ended up working for a company. And then I couldn't raise my rate. Y'all might remember that story from way I, back. I do, yeah. When you end up like that, you can't really raise your rates. They, that's not how it works. But I've also done the subcontracting for other editors as well. But still, you don't have as much control. So the benefit owning your own business is being able to set those rates. And then you're the only one to blame if you can't raise them. That's your own fault. But I think that there's a lot to that that's changing, right? And and this is probably why it's an opt optimal time to have a conversation because we're, you know, talking about, you know, back when we started our businesses. But like the market is so much different now. Like I know lots of people well, not lots, but I know people who work for other editing companies, right? And they're, you know, I think we're getting to the point where editing companies that have scaled, right? And who are almost like mini production house, houses for independent podcaster. Like the amount of those companies has grown. The amount of uh, what they can charge has grown. And as a result, they've been able to actually take on employees or, you know, and in or contractors um, or team members, whatever you want to call it. You know, there's some that actually have employees, but also some that that use contractors and pay them enough to, I don't know, not starve to death. So, and I will say that to Jennifer's point, back when I started my business, it's not that I wanted a business. It's that I needed 
to work and make money doing something where I had a lot of flexibility in my time, right? Bingo. Yes, exactly. Because my son's autistic, my son or my husband has his brain thing. And there are times when I just need to drop everything and like work needs to go to the side. I just needed to make money doing something that I didn't like at that point, like didn't hate. And and the reason podcasts, well, because I was doing graphic design and that's not fun to work with clients. And I was like, hey, well, maybe somebody will pay me for this podcast editing thing. And it turns out it was absolutely was the answer. And I enjoyed it so much. Like I still like working on the podcast. I still like editing the podcast. Didn't think I did um, until the projects got a little bit more creative. But, you know, that's uh, I, if I could, if I could give away the business part. <laughs> well, I was just about to say the business part when I worked for when I was a W two employee or when I was a ten ninety nine contractor for the other businesses. I you know just turned in my hours or turned in my work and then I get paid. I didn't have to go chasing people for money or sitting down once a month and doing the billing. And trying to figure out how everything was going to go together and paying bills and all this stuff. I just turned in my job. You know, you do the work, you get paid. But, you know, isn't that what we want it to be like in a business? But it's not. I think for some, like for me, I always wanted to have a business. Like I first started learning how to like do HTML and like web design and like web programming and stuff. Um, cause I always had like this dream of being a freelancer and working for myself. And it's like over the years, I was always like, always had like something that I was working on with the hopes that it would turn into a freelance career. And then finally, like podcasting kind of became that thing. So for me, like I enjoy the business side of it quite a bit. I would say that I've probably fall not too far from Daniel in the sense that I can't remember a time that I wasn't trying to figure something out, like how to build something, how to do something, uh, wondering, like I had QuickBooks before QuickBooks was cool just because I thought it was neat to think through like, what would this look like? I don't know why. Uh, I mean, we can do my therapy session later. Because of your love of It's because of my love of spreadsheets. Yeah. I remember I, I signed up for like the, was it freelance union or like, freelance websites even before I was actually getting any business. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things I'm wondering, because Carrie, you mentioned that there are more jobs now than there were before. And I totally agree with you. I mean, there's Christy, there's Daryl, there's like tons of people that we know who have agencies. And lots of people we don't know. People we don't know. And I think I remember you on a call a couple of weeks ago listed several places besides like going to Upwork or something like that, that you've seen people sharing job openings. And I'm wondering, like, is that something that we could share here so that if there's somebody watching and going, hey, I'd like to see if I could find even a part-time job doing this where I don't have to do the billing. I don't have to mess with the taxes. Like all of that stuff is taken care of. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's something we can do. I can share my list of aggregators, right? Because I just have a little alert set up to like for podcasting jobs and podcast editing jobs. And I have been watching these jobs for ages, right? And we went from like once every 
so often once maybe a month to like, now they're just tons, right? There's, I mean, sometimes we're like, there were no alerts because nobody posted a podcasting job, but now it seems to be expanding. Since we're talking about pros and cons of having a business or not, you know, working for somebody else, one of the drawbacks to some of those jobs that I, the job postings that I've seen out there is they want you to relocate. Or they want someone, the one I saw recently, I'm like, oh, that sounds great until it says must reside in New York City or LA or so the big ones, they want you to be there. And it's like one of them was remote available during COVID and then we want you to be here. So that's one of the drawbacks. Um, The flexibility goes away. You have to be at a job. The coworkers and a boss. <laughs> they might want to see your face. Like. Yeah. And, and I mean, some people thrive in that kind of environment. I tend to prefer being allowed to be a self-starter. And it's hard for me to imagine any job being worth locate, relocating my family unless I actually wanted to relocate my family. I've had several job opportunities in my day job to move. I'm like, no, I don't care if it pays more. We're not moving. My kids are in school. We have a life here. We have family and friends. We're not moving for $5,000 a year or whatever. Like it doesn't, maybe if it was $100,000 a year more a year, that might matter, but it, it doesn't matter. Like even stuff in Europe, I'm like, yeah, France sounds cool, but my kids are in school. So no, we're not moving. That would be a huge drawback for me if I was to work for a production company. They're like, yeah, that's cool. We, we love what you do. By the way, we're in Colorado Springs. Would you mind coming out? Like, No, I would not mind. Jessica Rodriguez says, I've done it both ways too, but working under that company, I had no control over the rates and they were not charging enough for what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be tough. And and you know, that makes me think about like Spotify 4, the the Studio 4 that they're shutting down right now because they couldn't come up with a value proposition for it. So all those people are moving on within the company, other roles, or just leaving. Like I don't know how it's all shaking out. Laid off. But if the company, let's just take Spotify out of it for a minute. If the company isn't charging enough for what you do to make it worth their while, or they're not strategic enough in what they're doing with their internal marketing to make that all make sense, your job is at risk. And if you have only the one client, 100% of your income is at risk, which is the thing that really freaks me out and part of why I started building a business because I like where I live. I work for a big company and reorgs happen. I mean, it's just part of life. And so I always want to have something there that if I need to, if for no other reason than to spin it up for a few months, I've got something so I can provide for my family because we are a single income family or like my wife is able to do other things because of what I do. But if something happened where there was a line in the sand, like tomorrow you don't get paid anymore, that would be a really big hit for us. And if I didn't have anything on the side, that would be a hundred percent hit. And that's a big deal. So Jennifer, I'm curious, is that like uh, last year you decided to kind of pull back from podcast editing, right? Yes. Um, What was that? <laughs> I, mean, I know I'm putting you, I'm totally putting you on the spot and I didn't warn you about this, but this is what <laughs> I don't know. What what was your motivation? I don't mean like what, what's wrong? 
<laughs> What's wrong How with you? How could you do that to um, us? <laughs> well, okay, I did feel a little bit that way. No, I'm kidding. It's kind of still a work in progress. I, I think I like the creativity. I do have a day job now where I'm there, nine to five, Monday through Friday. I sit and do my job. I report. That's it. Not knocking those people. My job, nothing. So if any of you all actually clicked on the stream to watch it, <laughs> nothing but love. <laughs> but in the evenings, I'm an empty nester and I don't have anything. No, nobody's here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I, I have, I am still going through a bit of an identity crisis. So it's a little more than just the podcast setting. It's like, I'm an empty nester. But I was telling my, my daughter, she was home for Christmas. I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. She's like, mom, if you quit editing, you're going to do literally nothing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you've got a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I tell myself I'm not going to go out and seek out new clients. And then I come home from Podfest Origins with a new client. I'm like, but I'm not seeking out. But here they come anyway. And I'm like, I'm just going to serve who I'm serving and I'll just do a good job for them. And then I get a call or <laughs> whatever. And, and I'm, I'm still putting myself out there a little bit, but not like I was. But I mean, what it, I really hate the business side of it. <laughs> I don't mind the editing coming back around to it. So, but is that why like, or, you know. Well, one of the businessy sides of it that I toyed with, as you know, was taking on subcontractors and like, well, if I want to keep growing, then the entrepreneurial phrase is to scale your business and everyone needs to be about scaling your business and 10xing and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, the only way for me to 10x my business will be to get subcontractors. And I tried it and I'm like, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to pay people. I don't want to, I'm not making any money. If they're getting all my money, but I'm not doing the work. So how does this balance? I don't want to deal with this. Forget it. I'll just do it myself. So. It was kind of like I can't break through a certain threshold without subcontractors and I don't want to do subcontractors and I'm happy with where my rates are at the moment. I've kind of squeaked them up a little bit on one of the tiers. And I think that's totally valid to treat your podcast editing as just like some extra income as like a part-time job to... A side hustle. Exactly. (laughs) I, I caution to use the word side hustle. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not a side hustle for me, but it's more than a hobby, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can have a part-time job to supplement your income or just having a hobby that pays you. Yes, it's like a hobby you get paid for. Which is the best kind but of hobby. It's, yeah, but I don't like calling this a hobby mm-hmm. after I've been doing it for... Right, Fair. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like in the way you view it. Right. So you're, it's not something you're like, oh, I'm a hobby podcast editor. But like in your life, that's the role it takes. Right. It, it gives you something to do to fill up your time that you enjoy. Unless yeah, you I guess so. don't enjoy it. But Oh, I don't mind <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get that one show in there and then you're just like, I'm so done. Why is this twice as long? And it's usually the guest's fault. Nothing against my hosts. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, so what this makes me think of is the idea that we have to be entrepreneurs, right? That we have to have a business, 10x it, 
all the whatever the buzzwords are in business. Like we have to do that, right? Like that's the only way. And and it's also kind of what we see in podcast editing. Like you look at the larger businesses and you're like, okay, well, this is how you do it. This is, you know, you have a hundred shows, but why does it have to look that way? It exhausts me to think of it. <laughs> it does. It it's and it exhausts me completely. I like when I think about scaling my business, I'm like, I need a nap. So for me, I don't know that I'm necessarily looking to scale my business in the sense of developing an agency or something like that. But I do like having a couple of contractors available. And I would actually like to build that out a little bit more because I think that if I remain, and I do have a couple of contractors that do some work for me, but as long as I stay in what I would call the freelance plus model, which is where I think I am, right? I'm essentially a freelancer and I've also got some people doing some work for me. It's not so much that there's a risk for me, but I am creating risk for my clients because there's not really a good continuity plan if the primary editor, that's me, is incapacitated or wants to take a vacation, right? So everybody has to work ahead. Whereas if I had, and I'm making up these percentages, but let's say that I had 20 shows, I edit five, somebody else edits five. Like So we've got it spread across different editors. It makes it a lot easier to spread that workload out if somebody gets sick or if there's a holiday or maybe I want to take my kids on spring break to go to see their grandparents or something. And this time, I don't actually want to fire up the computer. And I don't really have that infrastructure right now. So it's not so much that I want to build an agency as I want to build something that provides for my clients the kind of service I wish I could deliver, but I can't do 100% myself. Yeah, that's a a good point. But like, it's not to 10x your business. No, I'm not saying that I wouldn't get to that point at some point at some point, right? There may be a point at which I go, you know what? I'd like to build this thing so it's an asset that can run without me. But for right now, at least, I like doing the editing. I don't want to build a business where I have to push myself into a role that keeps me from doing the part that I like. It's not that I don't also like those other things, but I don't get a ton of energy from sitting down with a group and having a team meeting. And maybe it's because I t- suck at team meetings and I need to read a Patrick Lindsay <laughs> book. I don't know, right? But but I enjoy the editing part. I do enjoy interacting with the, the couple of contractors that I have. But I also like knowing that I'm able to help them upskill. If I really want to build an agency, I need to hire people that are better than me who are willing to work for less than me so that I can allow that. Yeah. So um, we got a comment if somebody... So... um. And I'm going to butcher your name and I'm just going to apologize in advance. Um, Milomir, which is Yvonne probably Vick. wrong. Yes. I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I was just going to get through the first name. <laughs> he says, I was being outsourced to edit audio or edit by another audio producer for a couple of years. And now I'm starting on my own editing business and have a couple of client, but clients, but my rates are very low. I think this is a great point that maybe we didn't have the opportunity to do when we first started, but those kinds of opportunities where you can subcontract, learn the business, make money while you're doing it. It's awesome. Like I'm actually jealous of, you know, editors coming into this now. No, because it would have been so much easier 
instead of how it, having to figure out, you know, trial by fire. Yeah, with no backup plan. Yes. If you screw up, there's nobody to catch your back. Right. And podcast editing is like 90% of our income now. It made a difference at the time um, when I started. But like, you know, this is how, you know, we support ourselves. So it would have been nice to not have to be one of the first. (laughs) How long have you been editing, Carrie? So I've been doing it since 2017 for other people. And that was just on that cusp when it really became something that people know, knew in podcasting. Like, I think the like, oh, podcast, podcast editors, editors Club was started in March of 2017. Oh, I really am one of the first ones. You are. That- I'm not. I'm 2018 because I didn't do that search yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I went I went officially freelance in like March 2017. I, I think that that's a good point though, right? If you want to get into podcast editing and you want to get good fast, the way to do that is to get reps. And if you can find somebody where you can take on a role as what I would call like a junior editor and start getting those reps in now, that'll save you a ton later. I'm not saying that you have to do it that way, but in my view, it's a much lower risk way than if you start out by landing yourself a, try to land a $300 an episode client, like a a big name client, and then realize, I don't even know how to fire up Audacity or Audition or whatever, much less like how to fix audio issues because you're going to have audio issues to fix and it takes time to learn how to do them. It's not, it's a learned skill and it comes by doing it wrong a bunch of times before you get it right. And if you can, uh, work as a contractor for a while, you have that resource of, you know, the more experienced editor that if you do have, you know, a question or you run into something you don't know how to fix, you have that resource that can be like, hey, can you help me with this? Absolutely. And I think on the flip side is that there are businesses using subcontractors more frequently these days, right? So there are those opportunities there. So I would say that, I mean, I know this happens with me and my contractors. Like I will talk to them, spend time with them, give them feedback. If there's something they can't fix, I try to explain to them. Like once I've done it, I try to explain to them what was going on and give them some tips on how to do it. And, you know, like Alejandro works for me and he he does the thing that Brian was saying. Like he allows me to like, I don't know, take the weekend off. Wait, what is this weekend? Yeah, what was that like? <laughs> you know, it's like Just kidding. so it's this mythical two days of work where you don't have to do anything. And I think that is a great um subject to get into is like what is the reality now of entrepreneurship for us? Like and for owning a business. What are is it as glamorous as it looks? I went on a cruise a few weeks ago and in the airport, I was uploading a file for someone and on the boat, I was tweaking a file for someone. I mean, everybody knew I was going to be gone and try to get me stuff early or late. And I did pretty good job of balancing things, but there was just one that I got stuck on. And I'm like, I'll just do it on the boat. Because there's downtime on the day at sea. <laughs> Is there? And then <laughs> I ended up just staying up late and doing it from my little stateroom. But uh, talking about the reality, 
I had my computer with me, even though I was on vacation. Yeah, I think there's some nuance to like what it's like. So for me, like I work seven days a week. Part of that is by choice because I'd rather work less every day, but just work every day than opposed to like working eight to 10 hours, five days a week, just so I can have two days off. You know, I'd rather work five or six hours, seven days a week. But then it is also like trying to get vacation is a chore because then you're working like double time in the weeks leading up to it, assuming that your clients will also get everything to you early. And even then, like there's always like a few tasks that need to be doing while you're, you know, taking time off. But then the flip side, it's like, I don't have a boss to answer to. I don't have to go to the office. Like I don't have to dress up. So, but there are other things that a boss does that like saves you grief. <laughs> like they take the complaints, right? If somebody asks to see your manager, which is nobody does that, but if they're like fussing at you, <laughs> it's not your like, ultimately it's the owner's, right? The owner's problem. And if you're contracting for somebody or like working as a team member in any capacity, then you are not the one who has to deal with it. <laughs> you're essentially, you you get to walk away, right? Like there is very little, like you you just downgraded your, or freed up your time. I mean, you're not maybe getting paid as much, although I would argue that some businesses don't make a profit at all in the first few years anyway. But so anyway, it's not your problem when you're a team member. It... (laughs) Honestly, like on the days you have off, it's not your problem. Yes, I think it really comes down to like taking a good hard look and introspection on what your values are. Like, do you want the freedom that comes with working for yourself or do you want the lack of headaches that come with being a contractor? Just kind of figuring out what's more important to you. For me, like not having a boss is important. I think one of the things that I think about when I if somebody was to come in to me and say, Hey, like, should I be an, an employer or a business owner? I would have some questions I might want to ask them. One of them would be how committed are you to personal growth? Like how much do you want to be forced into situations where you have to make the tough call and stand by your decision as opposed to negotiating with your manager about the broader business priorities? Because if you've got five clients Client A doesn't really care that Client B's show is taking longer than it should, which is different than working for a large company where you have different departments looking for information from you or for something from you. And you can say, I'm sorry, I'm the only resource that you have, and this is our business priority. So I'm doing the business priority one first. That's a much easier conversation to have internally than externally. I'm also envious that editors coming into this space now have that option. Right. To be like, do I want to be a contractor or, you know, or do I like or an employee? Do you want to open my own business? Because when you said personal growth, I thought that maybe it might be better conveyed as if you want to spend time like really uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) And with the urge to hide under the covers and watch Netflix, entrepreneurship is for you. If you like sleepless nights, dressing about, is this money coming in? How am I going to pay my bills? Hey, start your own business. That's a great way to lose a lot Absolutely. of sleep. 
Because you can have all the policies in the world about rates and billings that you want, but it comes down to like, how much do you trust these people to pay? Yeah. And how much (laughs) do you trust them to keep going? Like I, uh, I think like September, October, I had a client just completely ghost me. We've worked together like a hundred something episodes. Haven't heard from them in months. I had, you know, a big client in this show at the end of the year, have another one ending their show at the end of the month. Like, so in the span of, you know, a few months, I'm down three clients. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I had one year where nobody paid me during December. That happens. That's Tough. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like, I had to take out a loan to, you know, just get through the month. And that was a tough, tough thing to experience it. And it's extremely hard sometimes to have to be the one that everything falls on in the business. Like I have to make all the decisions. I I don't want to make decisions all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want somebody else to make decisions because not only do I have to make the decisions for my business, I, have, I also have to decide what's for dinner. And that's a struggle to do every day. Like people want to eat and like people want their podcasts. I don't know what, you know, I would love to be able to like just set one down completely for a little bit. Like, yeah, my husband, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's very taxing at times. It's very rewarding. Don't get me wrong. And I love it. But if somebody said, Carrie, I will give you $100,000 a year plus benefits to come work for me. I'd be like, all right. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) So where do I sign? But it was never my dream to be an entrepreneur, to be in business ever. And this is my fifth year in business. And and so I'm kind of like, what am I doing? And do I want to keep doing it? Um, and yes, I, I love the work too. That's the other thing. Like I had to have that conversation with myself about do I want to scale or not? And the answer was no, because I don't want to manage people. <laughs> so something you said um, kind of made me, okay, so I guess one perk that I have or like one thing in my business that's a little more unique is I have a partner. Michelle, she's been on the show a couple of times. My wife handles a lot of like client relations. So she takes point with like new clients and getting them onboarded and helping with the launch. And we balance each other really well in our strengths. So she can see the things that I'm not seeing and like handle things differently. So like together, like we make a really good team. So if you are thinking about like going into business for yourself, it might be an option to find maybe not necessarily a spouse or like a relative, but finding someone else out there that could be a good partner in business. I think one other option that kind of came to mind as you were sharing that is something like uh, Mike Wilkerson's editor core, where he has a group available for people or a place available for people who want to begin building out a, a podcast business, but maybe don't have the the skills, they need to upskill, they need the marketing, that kind of thing. He's got a, a membership type thing that where he'll help you build your business. And then if you want to leave, of course, that that's your call. But maybe there's something like that out there for other people as well, where they go, hey, maybe there's a way that I can partner up, maybe not an official partnership, but I can kind of get some kind of relationship with somebody that can help me 
with all of these things. Like if, if they really want to do the business and I, I totally hear you, Carrie, if somebody was going to pay me what I make at my day job or more to do this, I would probably look to begin exiting the business, like based on the timing of contracts and stuff like that so that I could do that. Not because I don't want to own a business, but because I'm not at the point where I could replace that kind of income with the business that I've built so far working 15 hours a week. I don't want to work for anybody else doing this though. Comes back to that too. I'm like, well, yeah, it would be nice, this and this and that and that. I'd love not to have to worry about billing, but there's just, if you're a W-2 employee, then you're expected to be places at certain times and do things according to what other people say. Do you have a problem following the rules? And following the rules, Carrie. Uh, I love so. the flexibility. What do you mean I can't de-bleed <laughs> this one? Well, it's not in the SOP. And also, I have a diverse clientele, and it's fun to work on different types of things. I'm not all, but I don't have a specific niche other than a market just to Kentucky now. But I like that. And if you were doing it for just one person, then then you might get stuck in that too. I don't know. Well, I think as long as you have like different types of projects, maybe it could work. I mean, my husband tells me all the time when I say, oh, I'd go work for somebody if they paid me enough. Is he'd be like, but you'd hate it. You'd absolutely hate it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not because I haven't experienced it, but I think I'd be willing to try and I would potentially be willing to move for the right price and for the right job. But I'm not in the same, like my son is almost done with school. So that's not a huge deal. And I love where I live, but I'd be okay. Like it wouldn't be the end of the world. It'd be a nice, interesting Oh, I'll leave rural Delaware. I know. I do love Delaware. All right. So maybe, but maybe I'd, you know, if I make enough money to like have this house and have another one, I would do that. <laughs> But, you know, I think about, are we encouraging editors, like the editors behind us, are we encouraging them correctly when we're like, oh, yeah, this is you start a business, you get clients, you do all this. And do we give them kind of, do we give them a a good picture of what that life looks like? Because I have had days where I've worked 17 hours a day, 16 hours, you know, at a time or whatever, seven days a week, 16 <laughs> hours at a time. English is hard. I'm with you. And then I've had times where there wasn't enough money or I had to like skip something to get a, get something done. Like I'd skip a personal thing to get work stuff done. And I have decided in 2022 that I am not doing anything I don't like. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been nice talking to you, Carrie. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I think I'm going to um, kind of go against convention and I'm going to say more no and uh, I mean, no more and up my rates more. And I'm going to do the Brittany Felix type of rate, you know, deciding rate because I'm going to just charge everybody more or the next person more. Oh, God, I'm getting lost. What's wrong with me? Increase your rates every time you get a new yes. client. That's how you say it. I'm sorry. I have been talking all day. So that's um, how I'm doing it. I mean, I think, Carrie, there's kind of two sides of that coin, though, right? Because one part of it is are we giving an accurate picture of what entrepreneurship is like? 
The other one is, do we even have an accurate picture of what being an employee in this industry would be like? Because the closest analog I can think of would either be like the house engineer for a music studio, if they even have house engineers anymore, which I don't think they do typically, or working in radio, which I don't know, maybe Jennifer, you have a little bit of insight into the life of a radio engineer. Like, I don't think that there's as much glamour as we might think because not everybody gets to work at Gimlet and be put into a video where they talk about how much fun it is because it's not always fun. Like there's, whether you work for the man or you work for yourself, there's a grind. And my view to the question of people starting out, my view is if we can teach people, if we can get people to at least try to start, there's a ton of personal growth that goes in into that, where even if somebody hires you, you're bringing something to the table that you wouldn't have had. Like if you can build a book of business that includes three clients, that demonstrates a certain knowledge of how businesses work that's going to be valuable for an employer, employer possibly more than an MBA where you can do inventory analysis and all the stuff that comes into an MBA that transparently doesn't really apply to an agency business or the kind of thing that we do. Like most of what an MBA does has nothing to do with this because it's all about funny money, like how to deal with accounting and how to project cash flow seven years out. Like none of that is relevant to what we do, I don't think. I think one thing that people don't always understand about podcast editing is that it ebbs and flows just like any other business. Now, someone mentioned how they're just going to lose three clients or and someone mentioned how they didn't get paid. And I've worked with probably 50 shows over the last five years, but how many of them are still active? Like five. So it just, I've had really good months. I've had really bad months. I've had like, I'm not doing this anymore months. <laughs> but it is a business. And when you are starting out as a subcontractor, though, that might affect you if someone pod phase, but you have the opportunity to hopefully get another show from that main editor that you're working for. And it might not hit as hard. Although my subcontractor who I was working with, when her show that she was working on left me, I was like, sorry. I don't really want to manage people. <laughs> sorry. I think I told her yeah. that. But. Well, she's watching. She knows now. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. But I think that's a really good point because I know for me, like I don't share like when things aren't going, well, I don't share a whole lot in the first place unless I'm just like answering questions. But as far as like portraying what it's like, I definitely don't share like any of the negative. I think so. I think we need because so that's maybe something that we should start doing. You know, a very in a very flattering way. I've had other editors say, Oh, I want to be just like you. I want to do what you do. And I'm like, No, you really don't, right? Because it's hard. <laughs> it is a grind, but there's right. so much to it. And I feel like it's almost a grind that doesn't stop ever. Because it is something you created. And it's like having a kid. Do you really want to have a kid? I don't know. That's a question you have to answer yourself. But having a business is like having another child. <laughs> and I personally am done with children. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? Well, saying that, if you could go back, would you still do it? If you could yeah, go back before you started podcast, your I business, I would do it because would you still I, but do but it? also I would do it because I couldn't get another job at the time that because of my son, I would have to like stop and leave. And I hear employers don't like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
Heather Wester says, we need to be sharing the good and bad. We can't let this look like Lula LuLaRoe. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Yeah, LuLaRoe. Yeah. Everything is peachy. And amen. Yeah. Because I think on social media we have, well, it's just this thing like what you see on social media is not the whole picture. Every, people are only putting their best self out there. So it looks more glamorous than it really is. Because I think it's messy. So I think like it's a really good right. idea to be more transparent. And I think there's also a certain element of not wanting to share anything that might go back to your clients and make them think that you don't like you working tell, with them. Trying to tell me not. I love you all. Right. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like sometimes you're in the middle of an edit and you're going, "I can't believe this person knew how to plug in a microphone." Oh wait, they didn't, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you don't necessarily want to share that, especially at the time, because they might already be self-conscious and it might make them feel like you're being demeaning toward them. I mean, that's why I try not to say too many things about something like the Blue Yeti because one, it's not actually a terrible mic. It's just used improperly. And two, some people have their identity tied up in that and I don't want to be responsible for a podcaster stopping just because they think that they sound great on a Blue Yeti. They might. They might. I've and heard I, it. It's the strangest thing. I mean, we had a guest on the show that used one and she sounded pretty good. Yeah. No, I, when used correctly, if you know how to use it, that's it. Uh, you know, it's a good microphone. That's only in the hands of a few. Uh. In the rooms of even fewer. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> don't get me started on that. I think our clients don't listen to our podcast. So, oh, I forgot. All right, somebody else go. And we can sit here awkwardly wait, while you wait, try to remember. It's going to be a while. Uh, Heather says, um, yeah. I can't pull it up. Yeah. So pull up Heather other says yeah. you should, oh, <laughs> you should always have an umbrella and or other streams of income, whether full-time entrepreneurship or side hustle. And I, that's legit. Right. I, I like that. So for my, I am, kind of revamping my business. I'm going to rebrand. I think I'm going to move away from Yaya podcasting and brand under my own name because that's how y'all know me. Yaya podcasting is almost an afterthought, but I'm going to like simplify everything, right? I'm going to go bare bones. I'm going to have a one page website with the blog component. I'm not putting my prices on the website anymore. And if you have to ask, you can't afford me. Da, 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 da. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep it super simple and only do projects that light me up. And I think, I mean, I feel like that's totally doable because I've worked for the past five years to get to the point where that will work for me. And, you know, I feel like, like the website is something that's hanging over my head right now. And the content creation hanging over my head of things I haven't gotten to. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gotten to the point where, like, obviously, I don't need to put out social media content in order to have a successful business. So I don't need to stress <laughs> out about it. Yes. And oh, everybody, I'm excited for this because because that's going to be a conversation of a later episode is uh, what happens when you disappear from social media or leave social media. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's coming in the near future. Sorry, episode teaser. I also want to touch on Heather's other comment. Um, and this is a relation to what Brian was saying about talking about like editing issues or like negative things about your clients. She said 
the bad as in the business aspect, not necessarily the editing. Ah. Yes. So maybe Good not talk crap about your clients, yeah. but just talk about the struggles you're having in the business, yes. not client specific. Yes. It's almost tax time. That sucks. I know, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Hopefully we've all set aside enough money for taxes. I've already been stuck in the 1099 Vinda loop. What? I just sent out my 1099s last week. No, but I got stuck in like, oh, you can't get your E, you know, 1099 and just, you know, I don't want to have to talk to people about getting 1099. Just you know, mail it to me or something. Email it. Oh, you mean from, from your clients? Yes. Yes. For my clients. Yeah. Okay. I, I was having the 1099 conversation with my contractors where I was like, okay, technically I don't have to provide you a 1099 because all of my payments were electronic. If you want one, I'll send you one. And I did have a couple that wanted one. And I just use a service that's like five bucks to send them a 1099. It emails them, sends the paper copy and files the state copy and everything because I'm lazy. I just want to clarify for the IRS that I have vendors and not contractors. Thank you. Okay. That sounds like a conversation we need to have too. Or maybe not. Tax. Well, taxes would be a nice, like just things to do, you know, to do with like tax season and stuff. Because I could have used that yeah. show for this year. So, but it's too late now. It's all happening. I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do we want to do a Poddex question of the day? Sure. Sure. So Jennifer, since you're our special Yeti for the day, I need you to pick a number <laughs> from one to five. I have five Poddex Four. Cards. Four? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be great. Oh, crap. Uh-oh. I mean, two. So those of you in the, that are watching live, you can always answer in the chat, of course, as well. Brag to me about the best things going on in the past 30 days. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Okay. Because I actually have... So I did talk about losing three clients, but I'm also signing on at least two. So nice. one is going to be getting like my editing show notes, like the whole shebang, which is over a thousand dollars a month, um, as well as two clients that are going to be coming on with editing and one with a launch. So, which is a large influx of cash. So nice. Yeah. Really nice. Yes. I'll go next. Probably the most exciting thing for me was I took an entire week of vacation between Christmas and New Year's. And I only worked on a show for half a day during that vacation. So all the rest of the time, all the client work nice, was done. Nice. All the things were done. Uh, nothing about our holiday turned out the way we planned, but I didn't have a bunch of work. So there was that. <laughs> that is impressive. And I will say in terms of just being in business, I was able to take, and it's a little bit longer than 30 days, but I was able to take essentially two months and stuff it into two weeks and able to take care of my family and have Christmas and just chill out and relax. So that was very nice. That is a benefit to what we do, right? Because if I didn't do this, if I was an employee, there was no way I would have been able to just in a matter of 24 hours, just be like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> um, it would never work. So okay, past thirty days for me. Were you done? You kind of, you said you ended oh, yeah, on I'm so, done. and I'm I have done. a lot of people who end on so. So I, <laughs> I know I'm like really bad. So so so. Really. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, past thirty days, I went on a cruise, like I mentioned before. So I like to brag about that. 
<laughs> going to plan the next one. Going to uh, focus, you know, pay more attention to business spending and stuff. And we get hung up or maybe I should just say me, that stupid question, what's your why? What's your why? What's your why? And that's an entrepreneur's curse is hearing that question all the time. What's your why? In podcasting, it's why should I care? Well, I'm going to plan for my next cruise. So now I have a why. Okay. That's a good reason to care. So now I have a, now I have a why. Go ahead and share Heather's. I can't. I'm not logged in. My mouse. So Heather did her first educational presentation on podcasting live and working on two more presentations, searching for leads, of course, huge for her because it was live. That is impressive. So congratulations. That is awesome. That's that's awesome. Awesome. Another ding for, you know, podcast editing in general, because we get to do things like that. So, well, this has been a lot of fun. If you're, Listening to the replay of this or watching the replay, leave a comment either in chat or on the website about what your thoughts on this, how you're approaching the business side of things. Do you want to start your own business and create an agency or stick to subcontracting? Just like tell us your thoughts and like where you're at with this process because we would love to know. As Carrie teased a little bit, we do have an episode coming up talking about abandoning social media and what that's been like. I have a very special guest coming on for that, as well as Mike Wilkerson. Um, as Brian mentioned, is coming on the show. So I'd love to talk to him about that program that you were talking about, Brian, that he has going on. So that'd be really cool. So be sure to follow the podcast, like the channel, do all this stuff and things. You know what to do. Brian, how do people go about becoming a guest on the show? Oh, that's a pretty tough one. We have a pretty high bar. Uh, But (laughs) if you think that you can make it on this show, and let's, let's just be honest, we measure based on crazy And if you're a podcast editor thinking about entrepreneurship, you probably fit the bill. But if you'd like to be a guest on the show, reach out to us. You go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest. There's a little form there that you can fill out to let us know that you're interested. It may take a little while because sometimes the Gmail scam, scam, spam filter gets us. Wow, it's been a late night. Um, Sometimes Gmail gets us. And so we, we will follow up with you and see what we can do to get you on the show if it's a fit. And I'd also like to suggest that if there's a topic you would like to have us talk about, maybe there's something that you don't consider yourself an expert in, you don't necessarily want to be a guest on the show, but it's something that you think would be valuable to you, just let us know. Hit us up on social media, send us an email through that form at podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest. Just tell Daniel that you don't actually want to be a guest so that we can know, hey, what we're doing is going to be valuable for you because we have some great ideas, but we also want to make sure that we get your ideas. Absolutely. So important. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening slash watching. I'm Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. I'm Carrie Caulfield-Eric. You can find me at yayapodcasting.com or at Carrie Eric on Instagram. And I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com or Top Tier Audio on both of the socials that actually matter. And next to me <laughs> is our special guest. Jennifer Longworth of bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com or KY Podcasting on Instagram. KY stands for Kentucky, Kentucky Podcasting. <laughs> nice. All right. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye. y'all. Uh, um, so, how much is that? Um, 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 um